Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Dan Lebetard, a human blank stain, a pox on the American society. Uh, <laughs> he's mad, yeah! Dan Lebetard is one of your all's favorite. Dan Lebetard sits there with his ever-expanding ass, never played in a game in his life, only in locker rooms to ask questions, uh, gawk at the players, or maybe get an autograph. I don't know, uh, but he's mad. He's mad because our friend Craig Carton uh, has a new show, and they're going to pay him millions now. Carton Live or Carton whatever the show is, the Carton Show is a good show. I got it on right now. I have it on every day. Dan Lebetard's show is awful. When Dan Lebetard was the lead-in to our show on uh, 1070 or 107.5, it was dog shit. We had to literally overcome the morning show, Lebetard's show, and we had to build back an audience because he's boring, he's dull. And I know they got their whole thing covered, Fat Dan does. Fat Dan's got it covered. Well, you don't understand the show. You're right. We don't get the show. And now he's a big-time podcaster, so it's stupid for me to say anything because he don't like me. He calls me a blank stain on society, and I don't like him, and I've never met him. I don't dislike him personally. I just don't like him because he's bad at his job. I don't give a damn if you all follow him. He's bad at his job. He's a crushing lead-in. Only Mike Greenberg's radio show is a worse lead-in. When I, We had a morning show that was good, and then we had a lead-in with ESPN, Fat Dan, or Greeny, and it was always awful. So that's why I don't like him. He's awful. He's boring. He's dull. Uh, he's self-important. And But look, hey, Craig Carton <clears throat> gets himself a show, and it's a good story. Yeah. Carton's second chances. See, Levitard will always go with second chances as long as for a minority, as long as for one of, well, you know, what he's stumping for, even though most of his buddies that are minority are bazillionaires. But anyway, I digress. Uh, so Craig Carton gets a show. Well, why shouldn't Craig Carton get a show? Craig Carton does a good job. Levitard says Carton only has a job because he's white. Yes, that's the only reason. That's the reason in modern television. That's the reason in modern radio. That's the reason in modern play-by-play analyst sideline. Being white. Yes, being white. That's it. I have an agent. His name is Maury. He's from New York. Yes, I know what you're going to say. Uh, yes, it is a, uh, I don't know the right word, but he's a great agent. And he's like, hey, you know any Asian? You know any Hispanic? You know African-American? White dude getting a show means he's great. Are you kidding me? Uh, media would never employ a non-white felon. What? Michael Vick works there. When I was at ESPN, Ray Lewis, I don't know if he's a felon, but he's involved in a murder and a cover-up, and he's a liar. Hell, uh... Chris Webber was a liar. If, if a guy named Bill Martin doesn't uh, die, Chris Webber goes to jail for perjury. Oh, just stop. Just stop. Uh, he has to race bait. He has to. It is just in his DNA because there is nothing Dan Lebetard has ever said that's interesting. 
You take out all race and you just put in sports fat Dan hasn't had an interesting thought in his entire career. But he can race bait. But he can divide. He can do all the things that guys that suck do. He's not some kind of activist. He's just a guy that has nothing to say. You could ask Fat Dan anything about the Miami Heat, and you got to understand, the Miami Heat uh, media, Fat Dan, Stu Gatz, all the little guys, George Sedano, they are so invested. They are such fanboys. Great, but they can't tell you anything about what's actually happening, so what do they do? they got to go to race. It's just the world that we live in. What else we got on Fat Dan? I want to bet Dan Lebetart is a liberal Democrat who thinks repeat criminal offenders should get the benefit of the doubt and multiple second chances. Only this time it affects him, so he's against it. Hey, Fat Dan is great, man. He's got a big old podcast. He's got a big old uh, thing. He's got all the little, you know, minions that never coached, never played, never did anything in, in any sport as his little group. He's got his little rat pack, Kyle Howard Stern style. He's smart. But Let's be honest, Craig Carton, hey, he's a felon, so I think felons are more interesting. I do. I always said, I hope, I hope I don't end up in some nursing home in Crown Point, Indiana, like my uncle did. Hey, let me go out in a pile of hookers and blow if my wife's no longer here. What the hell? I mean, hey, look, Carton, uh, people that do things that are against the law sometimes are very interesting. I mean... I'm just saying, you guys can get out, you guys can do whatever, but that's how I look at it. Rob Ninkovich is the other side. Now, see, we got to debate it here. Remember a few weeks ago, The Athletic, the most worthless, ridiculous newspaper slash journalism vehicle in America, laid off a bunch of people, well, about 90%. I think all of them were white. So Fat Dan is saying, well, you know what? Carton gets hired because he's white. Well, Ninkovich got fired because he's white. So I don't know which way to go. <clears throat> you think Neil Everett? Neil Everett and Stan Barrett were on the same set, getting the same money. ESPN got rid of Neil Everett. Why? Well, I would say it's because he's white. I mean, let's be honest. Stan Verrett goes on Twitter. He argues with people. He's a complete clown. He looks like, a, 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 on the air, like a deer in the headlights. He really doesn't know anything about sports. He just talks. Neil Everett is iconic, but guess what? Neil Everett was white, so he's gone. That goes against Fat Dan's little principle here, Rob Ninkovic. I don't know if Rob Ninkovic was any good. Let's be honest. You guys can roll the tweets. I don't know if he was any good. I have no idea. Uh, I know this. He seemed to be on every day. Every single day he seemed to be on during COVID. Like we had to listen to the same guys during COVID. So Ninkovic... I think he's one of my Serbian brothers from Purdue, was an 11-year vet, won two Super Bowls. But you know what we got to do? We got to keep Kim Martin. Yeah. See, I would keep Kim Martin, a, a woman that has only been in NFL locker rooms to either look at players, ask questions, or get autographs. That's it. But let's keep her. Mm. Let's keep Kim Martin. Let's keep Dominic Foxworthy. Yeah. Let's keep those guys. This guy's Super Bowl champ. I know there's other reasons. I know there is. I know that his contract was up at the end of the year, which made it easy. I get all that. Maybe Neil Everett was making more than Verrett. But stop. See, <clears throat> there's reasons that uh, Fox hired Carton 
And those reasons include he's just really good. I don't know what to tell you. He's just really, really, really good. I mean, that's just the way it is. All right, this, I got one story where it's right, and I got another story where, uh, frankly, quit being a baby. Here's the right story. Melvin Gordon was running back. Melvin Gordon is a free agent. He said running back is the worst position right now to play in the NFL. He's right. Hey, what do you want me to tell you? You have a lot of running backs out there. We just don't get no love. We don't get no love. That's a Wisconsin education. It's literally the worst position to play in the NFL right now. It literally sucks. Well, then don't play it. I mean, don't play it. I mean, damn. Let me see. Let's, based on that, and I don't know, with Wisconsin education, uh, we don't get no love. Where else are you going to make $10 million, kid? Where else are you going to make $10 million? <clears throat> You're going to go out and do what? There's a famous basketball player that wanted to get done coaching. A uh, famous basketball player at Indiana, he wanted to get done with the NBA. Ah, the NBA's crap. Ah, the NBA's this. He calls up Coach. Hey, Coach, could you help me get a job? He was still playing, had a couple years left. Ah, the NBA sucks. NBA, yeah, Knight says, sure. He calls up a banker friend of his. They bring the guy in for an interview, right? Guy was going to make about one-tenth of the salary he was making in the NBA. That was before the NBA salaries exploded. He was going to have to wear a suit and tie and go to work. Guess what he did? He played ten, not ten, he played five more years in the NBA. He hung around till grim death. So, Melvin, uh, forgive me if I don't cry for you and your running backs whose uh, franchise tag number is $10.4 million. More salary than the CEO of Eli Lilly makes salary. Didn't say bonuses, did not say stock options, said salary. So, Melvin, I tell you what you do. You take that Wisconsin education and all your life experiences, put them on a damn resume. Do it. Put them on a resume. Walk into a company. Go to LinkedIn. They'll get you a job. And see what kind of gig you get. See if you can make $10 million in a year. See if you can make five. See if you can make one. See if you can make 100000 Yeah, it literally sucks to be an NFL running back. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, it does. It literally sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what sucks. Waking up like my Uncle Jerry did every day for 47 years and going to work in a steel mill. I'll tell you what sucks. Walking underneath the turnpike through the woods to U.S. Steel like my uncle or my grandfather did. That's what sucks. How about what sucks is waking up and being a cop every day, knowing that you can get killed and if you defend yourself, uh, you can go to jail. That sucks. You crazy? Being a counselor, seeing the sad lives of a bunch of drug addicts and you're trying to help and you can't help, that sucks. Being a school teacher, knowing that you can't discipline kids, knowing that they can fight, they can bang in the, in the middle of a classroom, they can hit you, and you can't do a damn thing about it, that sucks. Being a running back in the NFL, son, you're going to read this tweet about five years after you're done going, oh man, it really didn't suck. Three to five years, that's how 75% of NFL players, uh, that's when they go broke. We'll see what happens to Melvin Gordon. I hope it doesn't happen, but it don't suck to be an NFL running back. It don't suck even a little bit. <laughs> yeah, my ass. Oh, man, don't be soft, Jordan Poyer. Don't be soft. So what? You're having, a cha- you're having a charity golf tournament. It's at Trump National, and everybody's mad. So what? 
You know what you do? Even if only three teams show up, you don't care. Hey, we're having it here. I like the course. Great amenities. Who's mad? <clears throat> Who's mad? Uh, the naked, gay, lesbian, transgender folks that drove around parades in Minnesota, Seattle, and of course, <clears throat> excuse me, in New York City. The, the naked guys that had their wangs out on their bicycles giving candy to kids, that's who's mad? I had to nix my charity event because of political blowback. Well, don't. Don't. Don't even for a second worry about political blowback. Never apologize. Never cancel. Never give in. Because the people that you're giving in to are people running around naked in front of little kids. They're sick. Degenerates. I don't know what to tell you. But that's the people that you're that well, you're giving in to them? Why? Explain it to me, Spanky. There's no reason to give in to them. You know what you do? You stand up and you say, you know what? A lot of people are pissed. A lot of people are pissed. I don't know what to tell you. You can be pissed. Be pissed all you'd like. I don't care. Right? You know I'm right about this, Jennifer. You know I'm all over this, uh, Randy Perfecto. You know this. You know that, John Buzzers, exactly right. The African-American community absolutely loved Donald Trump when he was a Democrat. They loved him. People loved Donald Trump until, guess what? He became the president, and then a Republican president, and then you got to get mad. Don't give in to it. Don't be a coward. Never be a coward. Serious business. Never, ever, ever be a coward. There is no reason. Are you crazy? Political blowback doesn't cost extra. Political blowback is freaking awesome. Absolutely awesome. Hell, it's 9 o'clock or 9.10, 9.15. I've already been called a bigot twice. So I said, give me one statement where I've been bigoted. And they couldn't. Anyway, uh, the gift that keeps on giving, ladies and gentlemen, you know what I'm talking about. It's the same players all the freaking time. I just saw where Brandon Marshall... The crazy dude that, you know, I guess admitted to be crazy. I don't know. He said the turf ruined his career. Well, guess what? The number one gift that keeps on giving in the NFL is that idiot right there, Antonio Brown. Look, it used to be Pac-Man effing Jones. Pac-Man effing Jones used to be the guy, right? Pac-Man Jones every damn day was in the news. He was hitting women, grabbing women, fighting. Now Pac-Man Jones is some kind of hero. I heard Pac-Man Jones actually talk at Colts camp. He was somewhat smart. I'm not going to lie to you. And don't give me the race stuff that I thought he was stupid. I thought he was stupid because he kept getting into public trouble. Hey, you can get into private trouble, but when you get into public trouble every single day. Uh, Tom Brady took in Antonio Brown. You know one of my other statements, no good deed goes unpunished. No good deed goes unpunished. Antonio Brown accused uh, Tom Brady of treating him like a little dog. It's the Greg Doyle factor. I hung out with one I knew jackass in my life. His name was Greg Doyle. He's a writer for the star. I knew he was a jackass. I knew he was a snake. I knew he was a rodent. But I let him in because I truthfully, I kind of liked him. Anyway, you know the rest of the story. He gets mad. He lies in an article about a year ago. But it's my fault. I knew the jackass was a jackass when I hung with him. Tom Brady, same thing. You knew. You 100% knew what Antonio Brown was. You knew Antonio Brown is among the worst human beings, if not the worst human being in the NFL. 
You knew he is a shit stain on the American public. You knew this. There is no doubt about it. But yet you tried to do something and it goes against. It goes against one of my, uh, one of my mottos. No good deed goes unpunished. So you take this jerk in, you know this jerk is going to be a jerk, and Antonio Brown uh, thinks, Tom Brady thinks he's a narcissist. Antonio Brown thinks that Tom Brady treated him like a little dog. Well, Antonio Brown, how? How? I mean, next thing you're going to know, I guarantee you it comes out. Well, man, uh, uh. Uh, what can I say next? What can I say next? What what can I say next? Uh, 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 oh, he's racist. That's what's next from this idiot. That's the Dan Levitard school of stupid. That's the Dan Levitard school of, hey, look, I want to be real. Uh, what can I say? Oh, he's racist. You're going to hear that from Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown uh, and, and Bruce Aarons, uh, well, they made him play when he was injured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we about to play the Jets. Yeah, we are. <laughs> and this week, I, I, I'm really hurt. So I'm taking pictures to the coach like, hey, if we're going to win the Super Bowl, I'm going to need to take these last two weeks off to recover so I can give you my best. We here, we here to win the Super Bowl. So coach was like, hey, man, we ain't rest. Yeah. Tom called me like, yo, this week, man, the Jets, man, they sweet, man. I'm going to hit you with like 10 to 12. So he going to gas me up. So you know me. That's all I need to hear. Like, yo, you going to throw me the ball. These are children. <coughs> I mean, this is this. Tom Brady hit me up. This is a big week. So I'm like, F it. I know my at S F'd up. But if he's going to F with me like that, why not? So I dress, suit it up, and go out. You don't want me to throw me the ball and making me like I'm crazy. So I was like, I'm crazy. F y'all mother efforts. I'm out of here in the middle of the game. The Bucks treated him like a little dog. Okay. You remember in 2020, this idiot was suspended by the NFL for conduct detrimental. I'm telling you, man, don't lay with snakes. What'd they say in the one movie? Don't lay with whores. Are you laying with whores? Don't lay with whores. Don't lay with snakes. Don't become friends with dirtbags. There's different kind of dirtbags. But if you know someone's a dirtbag and you're trying to undirtbag them, just know, just absolutely know, 1,000% know that that dirtbag will screw you. As long as you know that, you're good. Maybe we'll call it, instead of the, we'll call it the Doyle Brown factor. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, AI is the new thing, and it's not Allen Iverson. You tell me what AI is. AI. <laughs> like, are we going to get to the point? Look at those eyes. Oh. Are we going to get to the point in this country where you don't know that you're actually talking to somebody? Am I going to look around and go, huh, is that really Lee? Or is that a hologram of Lee? I watched something called, was it Black Mirror last night? Fascinating. Fascinating. But anyway, is that what we're going to do? Are we going to be there going, huh? Is that real? Well, this isn't real. Uh, this uh, insane. Warning, beware. 
Biden and his administration already plotting to make AI woke a watchdog team wars. No end to the efforts at corruption of this Biden administration. All that remain in power and profit forever. Can you imagine? I mean, you all, some of you all, probably not many on here, you're going to vote and let this idiot, can you imagine if this idiot was president of the United States? Like Joe Biden is horrible, but this idiot, this idiot right here, Kamala Harris, wow, holy cow. All right, Biden's pupils are more dilated than anyone I've ever seen. All right, now this next story just pisses me off. Go tell your friends we're going to be on one here. This just pisses me off. All right, since when are we allowed to walk around naked in big cities? Uh, Will you tell me? I mean, look at these guys. Look at these freaking pedophilic monster. And I'm not talking about the two naked guys. I'm talking about the dudes walking behind a little girl I'm talking about the dudes that are the parents of this little girl. Can you imagine being pedophiles like these two guys are? Check your moles here is what the guy with, you know, his crank and everything out. The other guy looks like he's peeing. So I guess all of us can just walk around naked now. Why is it that the LGBTQ just have to be straight perverts? I mean, have sex with a woman if you're a woman. Yay, right. I don't know how you do it either. Do you, do you, what do you do? What, what does having sex with a woman when you're a woman actually mean? What does that mean? I, I don't know. You, I mean, is sex just an orgasm? I mean, I'm sure, you know. But anyway, uh, the pedophile here is four different people. I think I'm sure it's two dudes that are, you know, married with this little girl. And then there's a guy peeing in the bushes and a guy, a naked guy asking little kids to get your moles checked in broad daylight, in public. You know, I told this story a few years ago. I talked about these idiots at the Indy Parade, naked dudes on bicycles handing out candy. All right. Well, guess what? The lady who ran the Pride Parade called my show and said, you're absolutely right. I know I'm absolutely right. Let's go to the video of these idiots. Let's show a video. Look at this, Nate. He's walking down the street. Look at these Four people haven't prayed and dressing up. That wasn't even a good video. The good video is the one in New York where everybody gets naked and gets in a fountain. I, look, uh, I'm a lot of things, but a prude is not one of them. A prude ain't one of them, baby. But I got to tell you, naked, fat, old gay guys in the middle of the street shouldn't be what we're about. Naked and every woman that was dancing around in the water in uh, New York would looked exactly like what you thought they'd look like. Look, understand. Uh, no, this ain't Jennifer Alba. You know what I mean? Yes, kink belongs in my parade, and I want my kids to see it. That's because you're sick. That's because you're disgusting. That's because you're awful. Why do kids need to see it? I'll never understand this. 
I, I, I'm sorry. I know. Well, you know, our kids need to see it because they need to know there's many kinds of love and that's okay. Okay, really? How about you just let a kid be a kid? What is wrong with just letting a kid be a kid? What is wrong with it? Seriously, what's wrong with letting a kid be a kid? I mean, why do they have to see? Well, we got to show I'm a girl. We got to show them that it's okay. Okay, no one's saying it's not okay. But I don't know why. Look, I wouldn't want kids to go to a heterosexual where heterosexuals are out there naked parade. I would be I would be demoting the heterosexual world. I mean, I I kids don't need to be in front of naked old men. I'm sorry, but this is all a point to get drag queens to do what? Uh, we're coming for your children. Let's play the video again. We're coming for I didn't hear it. I'm sorry, I screwed it up. Yeah, F that, right? F that. You ain't coming for nothing. I would love to see some drag queen show up and go, I want your children. No, I wouldn't shoot. Well, if they're in my house, I'd shoot them. If they come in my house, I'm shooting somebody and not just drag queens. I'm saying it right now. I wanted to talk about this for a minute. I do. People are now saying a guy comes in your house and you can't. That's crap. That's total crap. Uh, no, uh, I, I, I didn't want to get into that yet last week because I saw this. Like somebody, I think it's in India, it might be Milwaukee, said uh, is under investigation and facing charges for an intruder came in their house and they... No, 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 no. Hey, I think it's open season. Drag queen comes and tries to grab your kid. We're going to have to throw down. I don't know how we're throwing down, but we're throwing down. Uh, we are. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I look, you ain't getting my kid. I mean, you know, you ain't getting, the, and people say, well, your kids are grown. Well, I'm going to have grandkids. Good luck with that, drag queens. Good luck with that, you disturbed pieces. Uh, Eric DaCosta, before we go, um, no, I want to go to the next story. I want to go to the next story. Uh, <laughs> University of Wyoming sorority revealed it's changed its definition of woman to allow a 6'2", 260-pound trans member to join and slam sisters who sued because she stared at them with an erection visible through the leggings. Look at this. Look at this thing here. All right. Let me, let's just look. Let's just look. Let's just look. Let's just take a moment and look. Look at this hit. I don't know if it's a guy or it's a girl. You know what I mean? I don't know. Whatever this is, it revealed that it changed. It changed, and that's what we're worried about. We're worried about that. The University of Wyoming is worried about that more than a bunch of young ladies who go to college, can't wait to get in a sorority. I have friends for life. My, My daughter, my daughter, was in a sorority. She's got friends for life out of it. So we go to college 
and we've got friends for life. But no, guess what? We're more worried about, well, we got to make sure that this thing that gets into sorority, six women who sued their sorority for admitting a man who identified as transgender have been told their lawsuit should be dismissed by leaders of Kappa Kappa Gamma. Armitrius Langford, whose real name is Dallin, uh, has allegedly been watching women undress in their sorority house with a visible erection. Lawyers for Kappa depicted the suit as an attempt by a vocal minority of women to impose their personal beliefs at the cost of Langford and the sorority. Perhaps the greatest wrongs in this case are not the plaintiffs and their supporters. Imagine they have suffered, but the ones that have inflicted through their conduct filed a complaint. Regardless of personal views on the rights of transgender people, the cruelty that plaintiffs and their supporters have shown towards Langford and anyone in Kappa who supports Langford is disturbing. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What a gutsy... Uh, it, this person is Amitrius Langford. What, what a ballsy, see what I did there, move. Can you imagine? Your daughter's going to sorority. You're pretty happy about that. Everything's going all right. And next thing you know, uh, we got some dude with a heart on stalking them in their own sorority. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. That person, I, in my opinion, your opinion may differ. Your opinion may differ. But from the outside looking in, that person, that Dallin, is a sick person. Now, you may say no, but I got to tell you, normal sane people, I'm sorry, they don't want to change their sex, go into a sorority, and stare at young women. They just don't. Now, my thing is this, yay ra, go fight win. You, Dallin, or whatever your name is, may be the sanest, but I want to know. I want to know. If my daughter is in that sorority, I may be staying there too. Because I'm not letting this thing, I'm not worrying about, I am not worrying about, hey, what's going to happen after the fact? Because I'm, I'm handling that before the fact. Maybe I'm just getting my daughter out. Hell, I don't know. I don't know. I I honestly don't know, but I got to tell you, I I just got to tell you, I'm not sitting there waiting to get a call from my daughter crying because this thing attacked her or this thing's creeping around. I'm not doing that. You can, you can, not me. I'm going to be proactive on it. I'm sorry. I just am period. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Uh, (laughs) Ryan and I were just talking. It does piss me off, Ryan, how stupid we are in this country. I I was just talking to you off air, University of Wyoming, letting some dude in there that undresses, uh, this is a quote, so don't think it's me being creepy, undresses in front of women, and uh, the lawsuit alleges has an erection through his underwear, leggings, and the sorority, Kappa Kappa Gamma, is mad at the women of the sorority for filing a lawsuit because they got this dude walking around looking at him. I don't blame the girls. Absolutely horrible. And unfortunately, it's going to continue to get worse uh, as, um, you know, industries start to normalize this. We've seen this with Leah Thomas, which I believe his 
or her, I don't know even what to call uh, Leah. Her last name was, um, her, sorry, her biological name was William. So, I mean, just that in itself is just wild that we have to be forced to um, change in locker rooms with men who have male genitalia, um, accepting it in sororities. I was in a sorority. I never had to deal with that at the time. Um, but I, I just can't imagine what these young kids are going through these days. Yeah, it's amazing. On a brighter note, the University of Florida, your alma mater, dropped a 24 spot last <laughs> night on LSU. I did. I knew Florida was really good when, uh, for a while. When you were there, was baseball a big deal? Like, we all know about Florida and the swamp and basketball. Billy D won a couple championships. Great, great runners. Was baseball always a big deal at Florida? You know, Florida has always had the most incredible uh, sports program. Right now, our AD is Scott Strickland. Um, you know, we've had incredible success in all sports at University of Florida. Um, and so, you know, last night was great, but the only the only score that matters is tonight. And so, um, you know, I, I, I wish the best for my alma mater and um, would love for them to bring home a win. I know back in 26, uh, 2017, excuse me, is when they uh, won the last World Series. So we'll see, fingers crossed. You know, one of the things that's really been fun, it has been a great tournament. All right, I want to get back to something. Um, I am a massive, massive fan on Riley of Riley Gaines. I think Riley Gaines is amazing. Nancy Amore, who is uh, one of the writers for the USA Today, uh, made a very critical comment about her saying that, well, now uh, people on the right side, former athletes on the right side are using transgender to gain social notoriety, social status, which was crap. I think Riley Gaines is just defending women in sport. And it was interesting. She did call out Megan Rapino and called out Megan Rapino pretty strong. Yeah. And, and I'm so happy that she is just leading the charge um, fighting for women and women's sports. Um, you know, if we don't fight for it, who will? And, you know, these women out here who are trying to be these social justice warriors um, on the left specifically, um, aren't they supposed to be pro-woman? You know, and what if you're advocating for a woman, um, you know, to compete against biological men with men, male genitalia, to compete against them, you're no longer pro-woman. And it's just pathetic. I think these women out here who are bowing, uh, bending the knee down to, you know, these social issues, they're just weak. They are weak. They are not swimming upstream. My dad always likes to say to these young women at the turning point events, I am so proud of you guys because you're swimming upstream. You're swimming against the mass. Um, and so I, I think I love that Riley Gaines is, is calling out uh, these women. Do you think, do you think the tide is turning a little bit? Like, you know, I feel like I, I'm much more comfortable calling out things that maybe two years ago you should. Do you think the tide is turning? I really do. You know, as as much as I, I feel like we have everyone against us, I do think people are starting. Real America uh, is starting to wake up and realize, wait a second, something's a little off um, with you know Bud Light adding a a transgender to their bottles. Um, and I, I love to see the American people revolt and peacefully protest 
against these companies. Um, and so when I do feel down about about it, I, I have to think about that and think about real America. Um, and yeah, so I think there is hope. I think that it, things are shifting a little bit. When you when you look at things like um, biological males competing against females and well, I, let me go back to something. The reason I ask uh, that question is because the NHL has said enough is enough. We're done with pride jerseys. We're done. We are, we are absolutely done. That's the reason I asked this question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm so, you, so proud. I am so proud of the NHL uh, for doing what they did with, um, you know, foregoing the pride jerseys. Um, it makes me a greater NHL fan. Um, you know, keep social issues out of sports. You can support gay rights all you want, um, but just leave it out of sports. Um, you know, we, we've seen more and more of this, and it, it's just I, I'm very, very, very proud of the NHL. Um, and so I think that's a great idea. And one quote I wanted to mention, I was just watching the movie Nefarious last night with my parents. If you haven't seen it, it's unbelievable. But there's one quote, and it's from the character Nefarious, um, and he's supposed to be someone who is demon-possessed. I know that sounds crazy, but this is the quote, and I think it'll make so much sense. He says, now there's evil everywhere, and no one even cares. We achieved our goal slowly with your movies, with your TV, with your media. We we desensitized you, redirected your worldview to the point that you can't recognize evil when it's right in front of your face. And I think that just perfectly sums up just the madness that's going on in our country right now, being forced one agenda on us. Um, And like I said, you can support this stuff on the side, but stop forcing your agenda in areas where it doesn't even make sense. You see the part we just played the video of drag queen saying we're coming for your children. You know, it is amazing. That is considered a right wing conspiracy theory. Uh, why is it all these right-wing conspiracy theory things end up being proven true? Because it is. Because it is true. And you know what? Truth will always be revealed. It always will be revealed. And that's the greatest thing. You know, we see evil coming at us in all directions, but truth always wins in the end. It does. It does. I mean, it it, it really does. Um, anyway... You know, last, last thing uh, before I let you go, uh, give me a prediction on tonight's game, will you please? Let me know. What, it's not going to be – don't say 24 to 4 because that ain't happening again. Come on. Right. Right. I, that was my first thought was, you know, as much as I'd like that to happen, I just don't think that that is um, – I don't think that's realistic. I think LSU right now is the underdog, um, and they're going to come out and execute – and, you know, UF needs to play like they did last night. And, you know, hopefully we can get a win. What's the score? Oh, the score. I'm really bad at this. <laughs> I'm good at baseball, believe it or not. Um, even though my brother-in-law uh, played in the MLB, played for the Rays, um, played in the World Series, actually. So I should know more What's about baseball. What's his name? Sean Gilmartin. What's your brother-in-law's name? He went to Florida State. Enemy. He was too (laughs) dumb to get into Florida. Is that what you – did I just hear you say he was too dumb to get into Florida so he had to go to Florida State? Is that what I heard? Yeah, you know what? That's what I'm going to tell him after this. (laughs) 
Let's call it, let's call it, I don't know, seven to three, Florida. There you go. Seven to three. (laughs) All right. Well, when it happens, we're going to replay this tomorrow. (laughs) You're the best. Tell your sister, your whole family hello. Thank you very much, Ryan. I will. Thank you, Dan. No, that's a lot of fun. Seven to three tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Go to the YouTube chat. I want to find out. I want to find out what you think because, hey, look, um, the producer of it is a guy named Scott Johnson. He's one of my good friends. And Scotty J's been texting me, this is the best World Series that he has ever seen. How about that? Hey, how about uh, Olivia Dunn showed her support for the troops. My pronouns are USA. That's right. And if Olivia Dunn says it, the, uh, the little gymnast from LSU takes her clothes off and makes money, well, I mean, keeps it classy, yo, uh, then, then we must pay attention. We must pay attention, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. We must to make, ah, I'll tell you what's paying attention. Here's the record. Now, you can look this up. I, I, I know I read this. I think it's in the Chicago Tribune. This goes back to the 80s. Dickie Knowles was a pitcher for the Cubs. Dickie Knowles was a pitcher for the Phillies. I think Dickie Knowles probably pitched other places. Dickie Knowles was pretty good. He was pretty good. Dickie, D-I-C-K-I-E-N-O-L-E-S. Dickie Knowles famously, famously, in an article, copped to um, drinking, listen to it, hold on, 72 beers most days. That's three cases of beer. For 24 hours, that's three beers an hour. Now, we have talked about this forever. Uh, You can look it up in the Chicago Tribune. I don't know how to go really archive things. I guess I could do it, Dickie Knowles, uh, 72 beers. That's the record in my lifetime. Now, my stepson Jared and I, a couple years ago, went to Wrigley Field. And we had a couple beers before the game. Then we went in. And it's a, it was a long game. The Cubs won like 22 to 1 or nothing or something. I don't know. It was against the Pirates. And a friend of mine gave us access to the 1932 club or 42. I don't know what it's called. So we go underneath and beers are free. So I go get us a couple beers. Come Now, this is over a course of about, I don't know, from the time we got to the game, let's say it's noon to 1 o'clock start local time. So now we're at about 3 o'clock, and we're having beers. We figured out we were staying at the Zachary Hotel right across the street. We figured out, Jared did, that we had somewhere between 12 to 15 beers in a day. Because we went after the game, we sat, and we were just sitting there having beers, and the place was crazy. There was women like 45 years old with their husbands, literally on tables, and Jared and I are just sitting there laughing. There's a lot of IU people there, so I had a beer with them. We figured about, I don't know, 12, and then we went to Murphy's, walked over there, and then on our way back, uh, stopped at a bar because there was a, I don't know, music. Anyway, we figured 12 to 15 beers from about noon till about 6 or 7, probably closer to 7. We were waiting for Lee to get done with the game, all right? Well, that's no Dickie Knowles. Dickie Knowles, the pitcher, 72. Legendary linebacker Lawrence Taylor says he does not remember being drafted because he drank 41 Coors Lights in a day. Now, let's just say the day started at 10 uh, and ended at 10. So that's 12 hours of drinking. That's three an hour. 
every hour for 12 hours plus. Not quite four, but more than three. That's pretty strong. Seriously. Like, I thought, you know, 12 beers in a eight-hour stretch. But when you break it down like that, it's really not that many. Because the first couple you have kind of quick, and then you walk over. So good for Lawrence Taylor. Now, Lawrence Taylor is no Dickie Knowles. Uh, I don't think there's ever going to be anybody. Now, they do say that Wade Boggs could hammer it. They do say Wade Boggs can get it done, and I mean get it done in a hurry. I don't know. But what I do know is you're sitting around on draft night, and you know you're going to get drafted. You know you're going to get picked. And next thing you know, I don't know, you're down 41 freaking beers. Good for you. Seriously, I want to look up this Dickie Knowles thing. Happy Gilmore lives in the state of Indiana. Did you know that? Happy Gilmore lives right here in the great state of Indiana. And Happy Gilmore, ladies and gentlemen, is a golfer, ironically enough. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Happy Gilmore ends up, well, hearing from Happy Gilmore. That's right. That's right. He is going to Ball State. Happy Gilmore is going to Ball State, and he gets, ladies and gentlemen, a shout-out from the Happy Gilmore that made the world of golf famous. Can you imagine if this kid somehow, some way, I don't know how he would do it, but could you imagine if this kid ends up like playing in the U.S. Open? Seriously, he just shows up, he's playing in the U.S. Open, Godspeed, happy freaking Gilmore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reading about Dickie Knowles, and Dickie Knowles is a really good dude now. Dickie Knowles is helping other people. Dickie Knowles is, uh, yeah. Yeah. He got arrested a few times. He got in a fight in a bar with a bunch of cowboys and rodeo guy. Yeah. But now Dickie Knowles is a great, great dude. Good for Dickie Knowles, man. But that was always legendary. 72 beers. Uh, I would argue that Kevin Durant needs to delete Twitter. Does Kevin Durant need to just go off Twitter? Does he? I don't know. But here's a little video of Kevin Durant. Let's see from OKD. I just think how y'all even look at the game is whack as Playoff success, like you, you, you factor in team success when you when you talking about players. I just think how y'all consume the game is trash. Like, are you good or not? I agree. I agree. I mean, some some things could be that simple. Are you just good or not? I mean, a lot of people have seen it for a long time, brother, and it's okay. <laughs> These lists don't really mean nothing anyway. So why are you getting up so upset about them? Okay, all right. The way we consume the game is trash. That's a big word. I had a guy, Stephen Holder, your trash radio show. You know what I mean? (laughs) You got a trash radio show, you know? (laughs) Oh, man, it is really funny. It is really, really funny. Uh, Kevin Durant does. He, he needs to, you know, he needs to stop. He needs to stop. He needs to, he is, uh, the biggest fake tough guy since Frank Kaminsky. 
I mean, he is the fakest of, he sits there, you know, man, you know, he's an idiot. (laughs) But you know what? Good for him. He's got gazillions in his pocket. He's going to have gazillions more. But man, he is a nice kid. Like every single human being will tell you, he's a nice guy. But he tries so hard to be something he isn't. He tries so desperately. He's like John Moran. Just be a nice guy. Seriously. Just be a nice dude. I mean, be who you are. No? I don't know. It seems like that's all you got to do. Carson Wentz, the $21 million flop that was brought here by the worst general manager in the NFL. His name is, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Ballard. I got something in my nose. It's driving me nuts. Carson Wentz is getting all kind of hell on social media for killing a bear and posting it. Well, that's because a lot of people don't know that you got to do that. Look, if you go hunt and kill a bear and you do it legally and you do it right, uh, people that know hunting will say it's a necessary for the ecosystem in our country. And by all accounts, Carson Wentz did it legally and he did it right. Where people get mad is Carson Wentz said it's a bucket list thing. Now, when you say it's a bucket list thing, here's what happens. People absolutely lose their effing mind. People go crazy. They can't stand it because a rich guy, like, look, I'll be telling you, Patrick Mahomes did this. Oh, my God. The media would be jumping up and down, standing on their head and crapping snowballs. Are you kidding me? I mean, you can think of the people who, if they did this, the media would be taking a dump all over themselves saying, great, Charles Barkley did this. The media would be saying, this is great. There would be pieces on how he did it legally. But the white quarterback that nobody likes does it and people are out of their mind. Hey, he can catch all the backlash he wants. Let me tell you something. When you're Carson Wentz, I'm catching backlash for beating Michael Jordan 40 years ago. No, seriously. Some guy put a video out that shows like three of Michael Jordan's baskets and I didn't kick his ass. No, he got his ass kicked. Then he got his ass kicked on on the golf course. Everybody catches backlash in this world we live in. Everybody. Seriously, everybody catches backlash. If you're a white dude that's on the wrong side of the media, everybody catches backlash. So if I'm Carson Wentz, I just simply say, hey, man, I don't know what to tell you. You can give me all the hell you want, but that big-ass bear is dead. I shot him. It's a bucket list thing. I did it right. I did it within the law. I did it because, well, number one, I wanted to do it, had the means to do it, had the guts to do it, and number two, three, four, whatever it is, I did it right. And anybody with two cents that understands the world that we live in, particularly the nature world that we live in, knows that hunting sometimes is the best thing for our deal and our animals. Now, whether he did it that way, I don't know, and I don't care. I just know that Carson Wentz is going to be crucified no matter what he does. Speaking of that, there are two guys I want to shout out to. Jeff Goodman is a writer for I I don't know what, uh, and a guy named... Uh, Kyle Tucker is a writer for The Athletic. If you ever think you're really stupid, if you're sitting around going, man, I'm a dumbass, always know there is Jeff Goodman, always know there is Kyle Tucker in this world. If you ever think, my God, God dealt me a bad hand. No, you're not the worst television announcer in the history of ESPN, Jeff Goodman. You're not so bad and such an ignoramus that the entire production truck was in my ear saying, you got to crush this idiot. He was so bad during a game. 
Eventually, he got fired and blames it on me, which is fine. He can blame it on me all he wants. But when you're awful at your job and you are an ignoramus, slew-footed, unathletic moron, you get what you deserve. And the other guy's a guy named Kyle Tucker. He's all over me. He's at the athletic <laughs> Kentucky. If you ever think you're a little batch, know that Kyle Tucker and Jeff Goodman exist. If you ever are like, man, I acted like a little bitch there. Man, I acted like a little batch. Just know that Kyle Tucker, Jeff Goodman are still out there, so you won't ever fall to the level of those two little dorks. Good for you two guys. Anyway, uh, Bud Light's still being crushed. Bud Light's still being crushed, Bud Light. It will never stop being crushed. Bud Light should continue to be crushed. And I got to tell you, I hope Bud Light and the American people never come together. I do. Look, there's the deal. razzle-dazzle. Guy said, I don't think I ordered a Bud Light. Good for you. No one's telling you not to order a Bud Light. Good for you. Uh, Rick Banger, Rick Bungle. I ordered a Bud Light. Yeah. Bud Light, it's a summer staple. Yeah, it is. Hell yeah. There, look, I got to tell you, now that I've tried other beers, I used to just buy Bud Light, but now that I've tried other beers, it ain't happening. Look, Bud Light, do yourself a favor. Make an apology. Throw some girls in bikinis. Have it like one of those rap videos, you know, like back in the day on MTV. Those rap videos were nuts. Everybody got drunk. Everybody was screwing. Uh, everybody got high. Do one of those commercials. You'll bring us back. Like my wife says, men are simple. Men are very, very simple. Yeah, throw, throw a set of cans out there. Throw some boobies. Hey, big cans of Bud Light. That's all. Big blow-up cans of Bud Light. Some girls dancing around in a pool. Well, we'll be back. Guys will be back. And you can say that's sexist. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe it is, but it's true. I mean, Bud Light became iconic before whatever that thing was, that marketing lady thing, whatever she was saying, uh, and Bud Light went away because they got away from what worked. Frat boys, adult men, men are easy, and men are going to buy your product. Hell, women, women ain't mad. Women don't, real women, I'm not talking about blue hair, LGBTQ, mad at the world, uh, bedazzled phone fat asses. No, they are mad at everything. You can't worry about them being mad. They're mad at everything. So here's the deal. You simply go put some folks in a bikini. You get a pool. You have a pool party. You can put all shapes and sizes if you'd like. Put Lizzo's fat ass in there. Hell yeah. But get rid of things like Dylan Mulvaney. Get rid of all of it. And just open it up to dudes. We'll be back. One of the first serious conversations Lee and I had was about men and women. This is going way back. We first started dating. We'd have these deep conversations. We would talk forever. And one of the things was, Dan, you know men are just really simple, right? Yes, men are really simple. Seriously. Men are simple. Go back to bikinis, Bud Light. I mean, don't be an idiot. And and I started watching this. Um, And she's right. Not anymore, Bud Light. You did your product then. Serves you right. Fun to go to liquor store, see your selection is the only one bulging with cases that nobody wants. Uh, I laugh every time. I got to tell you, I'm not going to lie. I went in the liquor store yesterday to get ice. We were going out on the on the lake. And I'm, I tell you what, a lake, and you do whatever you want, but uh, I love, I love, don't like love, love A&W root beer. 
So I go get ice, and I always do this. I look at the, the uh, alcohol thing at the Big Red Liquors over here. I look at the beer case. Man, nobody's buying Bud Light. Nobody. Uh, no. No, I, I know. And you know what? I love it, too. I do. I absolutely love it. I, I watch it. I follow it. I look for it. The only time I've even been around Bud Light, St. Simon, and look, you're a Catholic church. You're trying to, you're trying to get, I don't know, trying to get money. So Bud Light was a sponsor. I had a Bud Light executive here for Zinc, uh, Zinc uh, Distributor. Tell me, no more sponsorship for you, Dan. I said, okay. I mean, what do you want? I mean, I, I you know, I, I, okay. Should have stuck with Dilly Dilly. You know, what's the most famous marketing thing from the 70s? Where's the beef? Men are simple. Men are very, very simple. Seriously. I, just go back to bikinis. Go back to bikinis and don't get mad at me. Go back to pool parties, bikinis, water, and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. For Oh, you'll get it back a little bit. I love I do. I'm sorry. I love that Bud Light is just being crushed. I love that people actually stood up. I love that we can all unite on one thing. Bud Light. Bud Light. We'll be right back. Aaron Perini is going to tell us what's going on with Stefan Diggs. She is. Why is Joe Biden being sued by Ron DeSantis? It's pretty good. We'll be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. You know... Erin Perini is one of my favorite guests because she's smart. She's smart. She's on top of it. She understands. But even she and I off air couldn't come to a conclusion why we allow all the crap that we just showed. Drag queens saying they're coming after our kids. People being naked in front of kids. I, nobody can understand it, so I'm going to let it go. But I will not let this go. You, lady, are doing a fantastic job because DeSantis is uh, doing great work or, or pulling and doing really good numbers in different polls. But I do have to ask you, before we get into DeSantis, how is it that main... Let me back up. Do you think, given what happened with Hunter Biden and the press actually asking the press secretary legitimate questions and being persistent at the end of last week, do you think the walls are closing in on the Biden crime family a bit? No, not at all. And while the media and the press corps at the White House may have pushed and asked questions, they didn't ask any questions during the 2020 cycle about the 50-some-odd intelligence officials who were saying that this looked like Russian misinformation. They weren't doing that then when it was even being said that that was likely not the case. So now that they're trying to like cover a little bit and do their job at this point, that doesn't make up for the fact that there was a clear failure of pushing by the press corps during when this was happening back in 2020. There are a lot of questions that haven't been answered. The White House isn't going to answer them. So at this point, because he is the president of the United States, it's going to be much harder for those walls to close in. Uh, You know, I understand. I'm on the wrong side of the sports media. So anybody that puts a tweet out on me, 
negatively, it, it takes off and everybody says, you know, Dockage is murdered and all that kind of stuff. I guess my question is, and, and I've asked this question, and I'm curious your thoughts. How, how did these idiots in the Biden family get so much on the right side of the media? Is this just an ideology, uh, not necessarily the person because of a far left liberal media? Well, it's it's twofold, right? You've got to remember that Joe Biden's been serving in federal government for 50 some odd years at this point. If there's ever been somebody that is so ingratiated with the deep state and the bureaucracy and the things that are wrong with the federal government, it's going to be Joe Biden. And that also comes with building relationships with reporters and the press. You, you don't stay around in D.C. this long if you can't make sure you can work a reporter and get good coverage out of it. And so it's a little bit of both. There's clearly a left-leaning bias that exists in media, that exists in the press. And that both of those things coupled together make it a, you know, a, a bit of a protection racket for uh, the Biden crime family. Is there a White House media member that you trust to get the news out in an unbiased way? There are a few, yes. I've, I have, I do have to say, there are reporters I've worked with in the White House press corps who are above board, who are very strong reporters, who want to get the facts out there. But that should be the majority of reporters, and that's not what you see in D.C. We are the, they, They're much more of the minority of the reporting press corps. And this is a battle that conservatives and those on the right have had to fight for decades. As we've seen the media go more and more to the left, you see networks that are going more and more to the left as well. And you see that's turning off viewers. People don't want to watch propaganda. They want to watch the news. And sure, they want to hear it a bit more to the voice that they appreciate. But when it comes to reporting facts, that is lost regularly in the reporting class in Washington, D.C. And there's nothing that is is more, I, more to the point of how out of touch the reporting class is than the White House correspondence dinner. That's just a party for everybody on the Acela corridor between D.C. and New York to celebrate the fact that they all think that they're very good at their jobs. And in fact, they're not the ones out there pushing hard to make sure that the facts are getting out there. And that is a disservice to the American people. It's why more people tune, turn to local news than they do to national news to get their information at this point. Um. Your guy, Ron DeSantis, is not messing around here. He's going after Biden. He's going after Biden and, in fact, suing Biden. That's true, right? He's suing the administration when it comes to college accreditations. Again, we've seen another push by the left wing in the United States in an attempt to indoctrinate children and, and the next generation of Americans. And so what he is doing is saying that it's unconstitutional. The state of Florida is suing, say it's unconstitutional for uh, the federal government to kind of be in this racket where they demand what the accreditation standards are for these schools, when in fact, the propaganda that, that they're really pushing to try and say that these are educational standards are a disservice to students. And so this is another great example of Governor DeSantis pushing back against the deep state, against the swamp, against the bureaucracy that demands fidelity to ideology, and instead putting students and teachers and opportunity first. And he is the only Republican in the field who is willing to take on these tough fights, and he's going to make sure that he wins it. Yeah, I, honest to God, because, look, let's let's be honest. If you're going to uh, be in this and you're going to have any, any kind of weakness whatsoever, you're going to get kicked out. Because let's, 
you know, the Bidens have that whole thing going. Trump will come at you at a moment's notice. I, I'm, you know, it, I, we have, I have a saying about Bob Knight, who I worked for, and Donald Trump. It always ends poorly. Whoever works for him, it always ends poorly. And if you're going to be anything other than aggressive like DeSantis has been, and well, I assume will continue to be, you're going to get expelled from this race quickly. That's right. You got to be unafraid to take the punches, whether it's from an opponent in the primary or the liberal media or the the bureaucracy in D.C. This country wants the best opportunity to make sure that we are putting people first, families first, opportunity, education, and making sure that tomorrow is a better day. You can't continue to do that if you're not willing to take on the tough fights. The person who takes on those tough fights and win those tough fights is Governor Ron DeSantis. You've seen that record. While Donald Trump was standing up getting cozy with Anthony Fauci and demanding lockdowns in Florida, Ron DeSantis said, we're going to get kids back in school. I want no excuses. I want business open. And I want this to happen. And that put Florida on the right track. That's why you see more people going to Florida than almost any other state in the country. No, you're exactly right. I mean, people can complain. Where does Gavin Newsom in your mind, where's Gavin Newsom fitting in all this? All of a sudden, he's on Hannity which means he's trying to polish up his far, 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 insanely far left image. I don't think there's any salvaging of Galvin Newsom's image at this point, but it's very clear that he's got an eye for a larger podium, a bigger audience. If you know, There's a little bit of whispering, like what if Biden doesn't make it a run, right? It's Kamala, who would be next in succession in the Democrat party? People keep floating Newsom's name in that group. But, you know, he's become good friends with Donald Trump at this point. I mean, that's not what Republicans stand for. That's not what conservatives stand for in this country. We don't want lockdowns. You see the failures in big cities in California. That's a direct result of Gavin Newsom. He might have his eyes on a bigger political prize, but what he has done to California, you got to judge people on their record if they were going to run in this country. Gavin Newsom has a record that has failed businesses that has failed schools, that has failed those who are most vulnerable in society, including those who need drug treatment, by allowing California to become a destitute state. That is not what America wants. So he might think that he's got a chance, but not when reality comes to it. You know, the reality is this is going to be incredibly interesting. Here's the thing that I don't understand. And I I mean, you've got DeSantis, you know, right behind you. And I, but I, I, I don't understand how you can be facing it. I, I like Donald. I thought Donald Trump was a good president, at least for what I need. You know, the market was good. Uh, the gas prices were down. I didn't hear the word inflation. I've always said since Jimmy Carter, when I was like 16 years old, and my parents couldn't bring us McDonald's anymore, because, and we had to wait in gas lines. I'm like, look, I want gas prices down. I want the market up. And uh, do me a favor, I never want to hear the word inflation. But uh, having said that, okay, all that said about Trump, like I try to look at things beyond my nose. Like you got all these indictments. How, how will he be able to run for president? Because more are coming down. How, how does this whole thing work? You know, there, there's all of that that's going into this, but really it's about the future of the country and the party, right? Donald Trump would only be able at best to serve four years. And to your point, Dan, he was a great president for the time that he served. But if the Republican Party and the grassroots movement and the country want to move forward, it means you need a new leader. It means you need somebody who can serve eight years 
who can fight back against the establishment and the swamp and attempts to indoctrinate children and businesses and schools and destroy families in this country, that's Governor Ron DeSantis. It's very clear that to have a record that wins, that does the only real red wave in the 2022 midterm cycle was in the state of Florida, where you saw him win up and down that ticket and have an almost 20 point electoral landslide. Good policy brings people behind you. And that's what you've seen with Governor DeSantis not afraid of the tough fights. And so the future of the Republican Party isn't going backwards to the fight we lost in 2020. The future of the Republican Party, the future of this country needs to be standing up with a strong fighter now. And that's Governor DeSantis. Let me let me uh, let me ask you about the most important thing that we have in our discussion. What are we going to do with Stefan Diggs? Like, what, <laughs> what the hell? I mean, are we going to resolve this between, you know, <laughs> Josh Allen? And I mean, are we going to get this done? I think it's all BS, and I think it'll all be fine once once camp starts. Your thoughts? I'm really annoyed with Stefan Diggs right now on a very personal level. I've been a fan of Diggs since he played at Maryland. I think he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. And I think that the relationship that him and Josh Allen is one of the is one of the most significant in the league, too. They they mesh, they get along really well. But these antics, Stefan Diggs, and as a Bills fan, we take it personally if you don't show up for us. We care. He wore a C on his chest last season as a captain of the team. And you're not going to show up to mandatory minicamp. You're going to do this to all of your teammates, to the city of Buffalo, to a team in a city that wants a Super Bowl because you're upset that you don't maybe like Ken Dorsey. Why don't you step into a leadership role then? Why don't you stand up and start saying, hey, it's going to matter. And Sean McDermott said that he was, what, very concerned. McDermott doesn't speak out of turn. He never says something off the cup. He's very measured. So that was very much him saying something to digs through the media. And then you saw the Bills walk it back and you saw Josh provide air cover. But there has been no accountability for the fact that Diggs missed mandatory minicamp. You have rules. You play by the rules. You want to be a team leader. You better show up and start doing it. Buffalo wants a Super Bowl. I know this is going to be a tougher season than last to make that happen, but we have the team to do it and we have the coaching staff to do it. We have the talent to do it. Josh Allen's not a joke, but if Stephon Diggs wants to continue to behave like he is the person that matters most on this team, this is a team sport. You need everybody on that field. He is incredibly talented, but he needs to focus on winning and winning for Buffalo and not the other noise and antics that he's known for. He's better than that. Buffalo's better than that. We want more than that. And I'm excited to see what the season has. And hopefully this is just preseason noise. Diggs gets a little emotional, Twitter, all of that stuff. He's known for it. But now's the time to buckle down. He wants to win a Super Bowl. Let's get it done. I was upset at the end of that Cincinnati game. I was there. It was the worst football I've ever seen. But that doesn't mean I'm going to walk away from my team. That is awesome right there. And I got to tell you, Stefan Diggs, if you lose Aaron Perini, if you lose her as a fan, I, you need to look in the mirror, check yourself, <laughs> and do what she says. Because this, ladies and gentlemen, is, and I know a bunch of them, the number one Bills fan just from, from anger to romantic and everywhere in between. Everywhere in between. And she just crushed Safan Diggs, which means he's acting like a monumental jackass. That's what that tells me. <laughs> I appreciate that. I just want my team to win. I think we've got the coaching to do it. It's Dorsey's oh. second season on offense. I lost her. Uh-oh. Did I get too excited? Did you I got get too so excited. excited. I lost you. I'm, oh, I, I got you now. I turned down my volume. <laughs> I don't know how. 
I don't know how the volume went down. I was up here with my hands, and somehow <laughs> the volume over there went down. Thank you so much. That was great stuff. Thanks, Thanks Aaron. Again. I always appreciate it. Yeah. I'm telling you, Stefan Diggs, you lose Aaron, you've lost the core of your fan base right there, you dummy. Get off your ass, get back, make apologies, and get serious about this. Wow. Wow. All right. Aaron Diggs, one thing I learned in France, he just tweeted out, they don't like AC and the fruit there tastes good. Okay. All right. (laughs) Stefan Diggs. Well, you know what? Uh, I got to tell you, that moves me, ladies and gentlemen, into stock up and stock down. Stock up, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. You ready? The College World Series. There is a text on my phone stocking up the College World Series. It is from my dear friend, Scott Johnson. All right. Uh, Scott Johnson sent me a text. Scott Johnson said, Dan, I think last night's game, this is, uh, what date is this here? Hold on. Hang on, call. It was the over, it was Friday. Uh, It was a uh, Thursday night's game. I think it was LSU and Wake Forest. Last night's game was maybe the best I've seen in 35 years being the director of the College World Series. How about that? The best in 35 years of being the director of the College World Series. So I text him. I go, who wins tonight? He said this, if Paul Skeens pitches for LSU, I wouldn't bet against him. That dude is a beast. They haven't told us yet if he's available. Yeah, so I don't know what I'm going to do, but my gambling thing is money, 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 money. But this World Series is great. Last night was the first time anybody scored over six runs. Guess what? Florida scored 24 runs. I can't wait. Disappointment TV. Those of you that know me know I I want appointment TV. The NFL draft, not appointment TV. The NBA draft, not appointment TV. The Cubs becoming maybe-ish appointment TV. The other day, the Reds, appointment TV. College World Series finale, appointment TV. I want appointment TV, period. And tonight is appointment TV. Stock up my Twitter beefs. I got Twitter beefs coming all over the place. I'm minding my own business the other day. Sweet as you please, minding my own business. And here it comes from some Division Three player from uh, some Vassar. Here it comes. Dockich's ESPN career is destroyed by Jeff Goodman. Yeah, it was destroyed. Uh, then a guy has a video of like four baskets Michael Jordan got off me. And that's a video, 500,000. I'm like, look, hey, look, I'm just sitting here on a boat. I'm just sitting here. But if you're mad that I stopped Michael Jordan 40 years ago, I can't help you. I can't help you. I kicked his ass and beat him on the golf course. I can't help if Jeff Goodman was so bad on a freaking broadcast that I had to make fun of him. Next day, because I have Catholic guilt, my wife and I saw him in the Nike store in Portland. We invited him to dinner because I felt bad. On Thanksgiving, he was alone. Uh, He cried. Uh, I saw real tears in his eyes. He was all sad. 
And he's been angry ever since. Look, Jeff Goodman knows nothing about basketball. He's a slew-footed, dim-witted dolt. So be mad all you would like. And his little minions are even worse. I got a guy that had no stats at Vassar College. Vassar College coming at me. So look, I just put videos out of me doing great things. I got $10,000 the other day from, ladies and gentlemen, Horseshoe Casino uh, because they're sponsoring our golf outing. I got another three thousand dollars from EZRV. I was on my private beach having a thousand beers with my stepson and my wife Saturday night enjoying while people are raging because 40 years ago I beat Michael Jordan's ass. Look, I'm telling you, if you are running, and I know the guys that are, uh, if you are Eric Shanks and the rest, I don't know how you don't put me on college basketball. I'm the only guy that moves the needle. I mean, honest to God, I, you guys are great, Jimmy. Everybody's great. Uh, rap, uh, grunts, but I don't know how you don't. I really don't. I, I don't know how. I don't know how you don't. I mean, I moved the hell out of the needle. You put, look, try it today if you're a media guy. Put out something about Dockage, and next thing you'll know. I mean, this one tweet that this one kid put out is over 400,000 views. Why? Because it's me. I don't fire back at people. I just make fun of it. 40 years ago. 40. I kicked Michael Jordan's ass, and people are still mad about it. <laughs> oh, man. Just put men in bikini. I mean, these are dudes. Like, uh, look, one guy was a flunky at Michigan, a scrub. He couldn't play there, so he went to Toledo and was a scrub there. And he's a, he's a basketball guy, media guy. It's just the greatest thing ever. The greatest thing in the world is being me. It is. It's being me. Being me is so much fun. You do so much good for people. you got an unbelievable family. i got two job offers. One, I'm going to a meeting here at 1130 at George's. So if you're in India, I'll be at George's at 1130 uh, discussing a job offer that I'm probably not going to take. But, hey, what are you going to do? It's such a great life being me. I recommend it to everybody. Follow the DD mantra. Oh, by the way, while we're talking about it, I told you about this. I told you about my gambling system. I can show it to you here if you would like. I should have sent the boys. So let's see. You know my gambling system involves parlays. You know it involves wait till baseball games are about. I got to go facial image here. Excuse me. Uh, uh, Wait till baseball games are now in like the seventh inning. All right? Seventh or eighth inning. Okay? So here's what I did yesterday. Tampa Bay Rays, Florida Marlins. Bet 100 bucks. Uh, I didn't get great. Bet 100 bucks. Got that win. Day before. Okay? Uh, I lost that one, but I didn't do my system. I did it with my brother. All right? Here's one. $50 to pay 104 A three-way. Games are all in the seventh inning. Right there, you got the Yankees, the Braves, the White Sox. They all won. Here's the next. Scroll down. I took the Braves because I knew eventually that the Reds were going to lose. Oh, wait. Here's another one. And this isn't, if you see, this is in the all, not just a winner. Here's the next one. A winner. Reds over Atlanta. Phillies. Uh, Brewers. I bet 100 bucks to win 540 I'm telling you, here's the next one. I bet the Braves. That one I lost. I'm just telling you. So right now in my account, starting with 100 bucks, I now have $1,300 in that account. That's what I got. It's right there on the upper right, 1.3. That started with 100 bucks. I had won a bunch of money. I cleared it all out. I said, I'm going to get this account to five grand. I put 100 in. I started doing my system. 
Take home teams preferably. Preferably. Home team, seventh, eighth inning. Now, it's got to be a fairly close game. You know, odds three, minus 300. You get my, you, get, you know, and just, it's a work day every day for me. My system, I'm not going to tell you it's infallible. You're going to lose once in a while. But I, I started doing it about, what, a month ago I've been telling you about this? $1,300 up from 100 but you got to have patience. If there's not a good game, don't bet it. If there's not a good evening of games, don't bet it. Two teams, both winning, they got to be winning, seventh inning or beyond. Boom. Parlay them. Did you know only 5% of money in sports betting comes from actual game wagers? 30% comes from parlays? That's right. Because see, are these things, these, these sites are killing us on parlays. But, but if you're smart, you can figure out a way to get over on them. Stock up Lance Armstrong? Why are we stock upping Lance Armstrong? Oh, baby. I don't know. But I'll do it. I have a hard time stocking up Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong has apparently a podcast. We need to get Lance Armstrong on. Lance Armstrong has a podcast, okay? And Lance Armstrong uh, wielded massive flamethrowers on stars on Mars. Oh, man. Lance Armstrong tuned the heat way up while out on Mars. They got armed for weapons on a challenge on the latest episode of the Fox show Stars on Mars. The former athletes went pyro on that backside. Now, Lance Armstrong also said biological males should not be competing against females. Now, Lance Armstrong, I like that. I'm not mad at that. That is a good thing for you to say. In fact, you should come out more and more. You are a Texan. You are, let's be honest, I know you're a cheat, and that's fine. But the truth of the matter is, you're a tough dude. You can't ride that bicycle the way you rode that bicycle and not be a tough dude. Lance Armstrong coming out, not only throwing flamethrowers on Fox. Remember, we're owned by Fox, and we like Fox. Uh, But anyway, true story. But I got to tell you, A-Rod was god-awful on that uh, ESPN. A-Rod and Michael K were god-awful on the uh, Cubs-Cardinals game. But anyway, good for Lance Armstrong. This time, we like you. The West Virginia, the West Virginia Athletic Department. Here's the deal. So West Virginia hires an interim coach. He's a nice kid. All right, fine. But here's the backstory on it. So West Virginia reached out to John Beeline and a bunch of other coaches. West Virginia, according to a bunch of folks that, well, frankly, I know in West Virginia involved in the athletic department, told me here's the problem. We had to hire an interim coach for two reasons. One, the athletic department uh, is scared that players are going to leave. Now, you got to understand something about players leaving. West Virginia has been god-awful for the last two years. They've got three players that played in the program. One of them, Joe Toussaint, is a nice player. But we don't hire a long-term coach worrying about a couple players that couldn't get us in the NCAA tournament. I mean, we're in a major conference in case you didn't know. I mean, look, you're in the MAC, uh, you get one team in. You're in the Missouri Valley, you get one team in. But I got to tell you, so West Virginia uh, tried, excuse me, tried Andy Kennedy. They tried a guy named Calhoun. You weren't hiring either of those two guys. Uh, but the guy they wanted was John Beeline. Well, John Beeline's smart. John Beeline's very, very smart. John Beeline knows that that fat ass right there, Bob Huggins, is in the background. There are reports from Hoppy. 
I'm just calling him Hoppy, and if you know West Virginia, you know who Hoppy is. He's the number one media guy, news media guy in West Virginia, and he put it out yesterday what I've been saying. Coaches are concerned that that fat ass right there, Bob Huggins, is going to be circumventing them. Huggins, we've already seen from his maniac daughter. We've already seen from the family. Huggins doesn't believe that he's not still the coach at West Virginia. So a smart coach says, look, I got to find out the involvement of Bob Huggins in the program. It's like when Izzo turned down the Cleveland Cavaliers job. He wanted to find out from LeBron what was going on. LeBron wouldn't talk to him. Uh, Beeline knew, because we all know, that Huggins and his family are going to do everything they can to circumvent the coach at West Virginia. So it fell apart. Also, West Virginia is so stupid that they're worried, ladies and gentlemen, actually worried about a couple of guys that might leave. Guys that did not lead them into the NCAA tournament over the last two years. That's it. That's it. I don't know. That's all I got. Uh, The Colorado Rockies. So the other day, I'm doing my little betting thing. And a friend of mine texts me. I wasn't paying attention. He texts me, hey, the Rockies are down 23 to nothing in the third. I'm like, nah. So you know what I did? I got on here. I went, wait, what? Isn't that what all the little girls that are little, little effeminate boys say? Wait, what? Wait, what? So I did that. Wait, what? So all the little feminine uh, boys that act like girls, um, I said, wait, what? Anyway, so I, I, I go. I go to my pad. I go, like, there's no way there's 24. No, no, no. Who's got them in the 13-run pool? Well, he was right. Final score ended up being 25 to 1. 24 to nothing. 23 to nothing after four innings. Wow. They put a 13-run spot in the third, I believe. Could be more. We used to have a pool at Milan's in Gary, Indiana, America's greatest bar, now closed. We used to have a, we used to have a, uh, a 13-run pool. Come in, you pay a buck, anybody scores 13, you divide the money up. And, you know, when you go to a local bar, you got to do it. So anyway, long story short, but we did not have a 24-run pool. I don't think. Did we? I don't know. Uh, Malika Andrews stock down. Look, Malika Andrews is a diversity hire. They got mad at Rachel Nichols. Uh, Malika, <laughs> Malika Andrews. I'm not even giving her stock down for this. I'm not giving her stock down at all for this. I'm just giving her stock down in general. I am. Malika Andrews asked a couple of things. She asked JJ Redick about, uh, Ben Simmons during the draft. Ben Simmons is not playing. J.J. Reddick said, well, I'll discuss Ben Simmons when he's back on the court. Well, see, here's the deal with that. When you are, ladies and gentlemen, when you are a basketball player or a basketball coach, that's your reaction. Now, when you're Malika Andrews, you just ask stupid questions because you don't know. Well, what about Ben Simmons? And then, of course, you share your politics with us because, well, you can't. But anyway, and then Malika Andrews, and I know that people are mad at her for talking about Brandon Miller and him bringing a gun to Alabama. I'm for her doing that. What I'm not for her doing is talking all the time during the draft constantly. Let it breathe. Shut the F up. 
We don't need your opinion on anything. You are driving the bus. You ask analysts for your opinion. I get it. You're young. You got some fame. So now you're something. All right. We understand it. But the truth of the matter is just shut up sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's how I look at it. Just shut the living hell up. Uh, your opinion matters not on play. Nothing. Your opinion doesn't matter even a little bit on players, does it? Hey, we're going to tune in to listen to Malika Andrews' opinion on NBA players. You're tuning in to Malika Andrews if you're tuning in to Malika Andrews because you like the show or you think she's hot, one of the two. Not for her opinion on NBA basketball players. Not qualified for that. We'll be right back. Don Lemon in the news again. Don Lemon, I got two words for you. My ass. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Dickie V announced cancer's back, and he's got to write again on his uh, chalkboard. I was texting with Dickie V. I'm thinking about you, Dickie V. You are the man. Like, look, there's no bigger douchebag in media than Don Lemon. Don Lemon tried so hard, so many different ways to be a real guy, tried to be a guy in the media, but he eventually fell into ways of being a racist sack of garbage. And, ladies and gentlemen, when that was starting to go south. He, like most guys that are front guys and not real guys, he decided it was a good thing that he yell at co-workers, he scream, he degrade women, he got jealous. You know what? Basically, he acted like an offended gay man. Totally lacking self-awareness, Don Lemon touts abiding by the Constitution in his first interview since he was fired. He says it's a journalistic duty. We have to stand up for the truth. Well, Don Lemon never stood up for the truth. Don Lemon stood up for being, well, frankly, a shill for the far left. Don Lemon had no truth. Don Lemon was vicious to coworkers. You can get mad at me all you want for what I'm saying, but just look it up. I mean, it's no different than Ellen, another famous homosexual who was great up front, but totally horrific to people on her show every single day in every single way. You know, I detest people like Don Lemon. I'm not mad. I'm not mad even a little bit if you are who you are. Like if you said to me, well, look, Don Lemon is really a tough, hard-driving guy in person, and he's the same way he is. He's the same way with his staff, hard-driving. But don't be a little front man talking like you care about certain things and then be a complete batch uh, to the people around you. He is speaking truths. Yeah. Uh, this is a pretty good line. Lemon, who was ousted in April from the Ratings Challenge Network, CNN, after 17 years, sat down. I have a responsibility, not only as a journalist, but as an American, to tell the truth and abide by the promises of the Constitution because the Constitution says a more perfect union, not a perfect union. I'm not a perfect person. No one is. In order to fulfill the promise of the Constitution, we have to stand up for what is right. Don Lemon hadn't stood up for nothing. I don't believe in platforming liars and biggers, insurrectionists, election deniers. Well, okay. 
Well, you are a liar. You are a bigot. Uh, what are you doing? I mean, you know, I don't know. I was stunned. After 17 years at CNN, I would have thought somebody in management would have had the decency to tell me directly. At no time was I ever given any indication that I would not be able to continue the work that I loved. I bet you there's a lot of lies in here. I do. I, I bet you there's a lot of lies. Dude made $7 million, walked away with a $25 million payout. Man, good for you, Don Lemon. Man, good for you. Mm. Uh, there's a guy named Sam Locke. He is an Australian swimmer that apparently we're supposed to pay attention to. I want you to listen to this. Uh, I don't care about Sam Locke. I honestly don't. Sam Locke, you know, good for him. He's got a nice little build uh, there. He's got his little tattoo. Yay, Rock. Go fight, win. He's a former representative rower, a dual Olympian, through two-time bronze medal winner. He set and holds world records for indoor rowing. Hell's indoor rowing. Sam Locke's a built dude, man. But now, of course, he's grown his beard, and he says, he says birthdays are for women and children. Doesn't think a revolution around the sun is worth celebrating. He'll turn 40, but the big life event at the Australia isn't something that he wants to celebrate. My outlook is largely that birthdays are for women and children, and that merely surviving another lap around the sun is not necessarily a reason for celebration. However, my wife made a good point a few years back that birthdays are an opportunity for the person that love you to celebrate you. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm with Sam Locke a little bit. I'm like, yeah, when I turn 60, I'm like, nah, I don't think so. Dan, what do we want to do for your birthday? Nothing. What do, no. Let's go now. Let's have a party now. And then I decided, you know what? My wife really loves me. So, all right, hey, let's have a party. Because, frankly, I know it seems different, but I don't like standing out in a crowd. I like blending in or being in the corner. So I looked around. I got my stepdaughter out there blowing up balloons. I got my, my wife uh, doing this. My, my mother-in-law is working like crazy for three weeks. My kids are coming in. They're dropping everything they're doing. I'm like, you know what? I like birthdays. I like it being celebrated. I wrote an article about it for OutKick. I'll repost it today. I liked it. I did. I'm like, hey, get over yourself. So I had a great time. I did say it wasn't going to be one of those 60 birthday parties that you go to where everybody sits around. I threw my daughter fully clothed in a pool. I threw my friend Kevin Page in the pool. I did not like that because, well, frankly, he had his phone in, and I'm glad Kevin didn't beat the living hell out of me. But what are you going to do? I ain't mad about it. Celebrate your birthday. Get over yourself. Seriously, get over yourself and enjoy a nice, good old-fashioned birthday. Yeah, and realize that people love you, even though they shouldn't love you. Nobody should love this. No, nobody. Uh, Ramaswamy slams newspaper for wildly bigoted and racist political cartoon featuring him. This is a presidential candidate. This is a guy that if you listen to him, Vivek... Ramaswamy is one of the smartest people you will ever know. Like, if you listen, like, here, I'm very tolerant. Like, I understand that because I do a show here, but I'm very tolerant. I'm very tolerant when I, I, if I don't like somebody, I'll listen to them and see what it is I don't like. 
Bernie Sanders, my wife turned me on to Bernie Sanders. He's like, you know, Dan, give this a listen. Give this a listen and see what's going on. All right? Let's just see here. So I listened. And frankly, Bernie Sanders, I don't know. Bernie Sanders made some sense. And this guy here, you know, it is what it is. You know, one of the things that we got to understand is, yeah, you can say this is bigoted. You can say whatever. And, and I'm sure he feels this way. But I got to tell you, uh, if I were running for president, I, I, I wouldn't worry about it. I, you know, I'd be like, hey, look, it is what it is. I, I would not, I'd be like, I, I don't know, maybe I'd make fun of it. Maybe I'd be, I don't know. Look, I, people crush me all the time, and I just make fun of it. Like, why Why would you get angry? I, I get it. Sad this is how MSN, MSM views us. Mainstream media views Republicans. I've met with grassroots conservatives across America and never once experienced the kind of bigotry that I regularly see from the left. Well, he's not wrong about that. Uh the, well, are we surprised? The Quad Cities Times, uh, the Quad Cities, you got to understand Iowa. Uh, hey, I'm going to send a tweet out to this guy right now. Hey, you just got to understand Iowa. You got to understand the people of Iowa. You just do. You, you, it, once you understand Iowa, uh, the corn people are, are just, you know, the corn people are the corn people. They're just awful. They are. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it's just never going to change. Never, ever going to change. It's just who they are. And I'm not, I don't feel bad for you. You're running for president. You're a smart guy. You'll get over it. But you just, you, you just got to understand the corn people. And once you do, you go, all right, these people are idiots. These people are the dumbest of the dumb. Just absolutely stupid. Anyway, it is what it is. Uh, let's see here what else. Major League Baseball 2025 wants to go to Paris. I want to go to Paris. Yeah, I do. I want to go to Paris. Do you guys want to go to Paris? I want to go to Paris. So I may go to this game. I seriously, Matt, Rob Manfred confirmed 2025 in Paris. International games. I got no interest in going to Mexico. I loved London. Japan, Taiwan, hey, I'll go. Puerto Rico, I liked. But, hey, look, I'll go to Paris. Would you go to Paris? I think I'd go to Paris. Why not? Yeah. I think so. Uh, Quinn Warren says, Clay Travis, lifelong Democrat. That's right. Let me change here. Yeah, me too. And then I started paying attention. People are like, what's happened to you, Doc? It's what's happened to me. Are you kidding? I guess I grew up. I guess I got out of sports and started reading and started paying attention. My whole world was Democrat. My dad was a lobbyist for the teachers union. Are you kidding me? I mean, at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, don't we, aren't we supposed to grow up? So people that say that, well, you know, Doc, it's... I, I, um, I, I, I don't know what happened to you. I used to like you when you were a player at Indiana. That was 40 years ago. <laughs> you can't hold this down. I want to go to Paris. 
This is unbelievable. Put this tweet up right now. A woman gets robbed by a dude, and the dude then asks her out on Facebook. Now, this is America. If there's ever been something that is America, this is America. So I'm going to go rob you. I got a gun. I'm going to go rob you. All right? Okay. Well, I think you're kind of hot. Um, I, you know, yeah, but here's the deal. Damien Boyce allegedly forced the woman at gunpoint to add him on Facebook and then messaged him. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is in our city. Now, you got to understand something about Indianapolis. Indianapolis is the most whacked out town ever. We have an absolute problem of crime. We have a crime, and frankly, I'm just going to tell you, our communities need to do better. You can take that for what it's worth. Our African-American, our Hispanic, our white, we got to do better. Like, we had four people shot downtown in the bar area. Three are dead on Saturday night. Five, six, seven hundred people, place called Broad Ripple. This is every day here. Four people shot, carjacking, gunpoint. We're the dumbest people in America. Our, go- our mayor, who now, it's, it's interesting, it's always been alleged that our mayor, Joe Hogsett, got himself so hammered during the summer of love when love meant killing people, breaking stores, turning the city on fire, the summer of love, really. But the word on the street is our mayor, Joe Hogsett, allegedly was having a lot of booze that night, I guess. It's never come out. The Indy Star will protect our mayor beyond belief because the Indy Star is a fraudulent newspaper. Well, it's starting to come out now. A lot of people are starting to talk about, allegedly, where the mayor was that evening. I got no idea. I don't pretend to have an idea, but I've heard the rumors from people that I absolutely trust. So this guy, after a shooting, you know what he does? He doesn't blame it on any people. He blames it on guns. Yeah, guns. Oh, okay. And he blames it on the businesses of Broad Ripple. So this right here with Damian Boyce being a complete dumbass, that doesn't surprise anybody in a city that is literally led by the dumbest human being alive. That's governing. Just is. I'm sorry. It, 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 it just is. And So take this for what it's worth. It is what it is whatever else you want to say, but we expect this kind of stupidity in Indianapolis when your mayor is nowhere to be found, calls the police down, the the prosecutor, Ryan Mears, panders to the African-American and other communities, white communities, panders to every criminal, let me put it to you that way, because criminals in Indy get off. And Ryan Mears, according to cops that I have talked to, Uh, have absolutely broken our city, and we are a crime-ridden city, and and we have a police force that, quite frankly, has no morale because they know they're not supported by the mayor and by the prosecutor. You got a lot right there. Uh, Bay Area stores, they're taking dramatic action, ladies and gentlemen, in San Francisco. Look at what they got going here. Look what they got going in San Francisco. In San Francisco, they're not letting you even touch the merchandise. Look at this. 
You want to steal something? You're going to have to go through a prison lock. You want to come in our stores? You want to get out of here? Good. Hey, I've said forever, there should be, like the movie <laughs> Bronx Tale, four or five guys in the back with bats just sitting around or in the front, just sitting around in a break room, having coffee, talking about business. But when somebody does these stupid things like we've seen in different uh, videos in different cities and start stealing, these guys go to the door. They lock the door and they say, now you can't leave. And guess what? They beat the living tarnation out of people that are trying to steal from them. It would be glorious. You would love it. I would love it. And we would solve a lot of the crime problem in the stores. And because, well, if people steal, that's not coming out of the bottom line of the store. They, ladies and gentlemen, are adding costs to us and our costs would go down. I am all in. I am all in um, absolutely 1,000% on violence to stop thievery. I am. Get mad at me. Well, Dawkins, you say so many things on this show that are so wrong. All right. Okay. Oh, really? I do? All right. I don't know. I guess they're wrong. But, I mean, if we're going to... I wonder if one day, if one day we could go through actual crime statistics on who's committing crimes in cities... I wonder if we can do that. Do you think we'll ever get to that point? I don't know. Do you think we'll ever say, look, here's who's committing crimes. Here's the percentage of the population, and here's the percent crimes they're committing, and then try to figure out some way to help those communities? Do you think we'll ever do that? (laughs) Oh, baby, baby, customer exit that way. That door's locked, baby. There's only one way in. And there's only one way out. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Dan, I'm not a woman, but I believe women prefer to be treated like women. Uh, You think? You think? I think so. All right. We're woken and we're doping, ladies and gentlemen. Man, we got a great, 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 absolute great week coming up. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Uh, California State Senator, no, this guy, Wiener, has a bill he has introduced. Uh, I got to read this again. Where I can't, I, I, I can't read it. to Take temporary jurisdiction. Wow. Yeah, I don't want that guy taking jurisdiction of nothing. Absolutely nothing. Zero zip, nada. You know what I mean? I mean, nothing. Zero. Uh-uh. This guy, Wiener, don't tell mom and dad. Can you imagine? Yeah, don't tell mom and dad. How about we don't tell mom and dad? I can't read this. Damn it. Can you send it to me? I want to see what this idiot is saying. Don't tell mom and dad because some guy named Wiener, among other allowances, authorized courts to take temporary jurisdiction of a child if they have been unable to attain gender-affirming health. Look at this guy. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time, you know what I'm saying, before something with this guy goes wrong. You know what I mean? Honest to God, it just is a matter of time. It just is. 
All right. Uh, let's see the next one. Mamma Mia and New York City rules crack down on coal, wood-fired pizzerias. They must cut carbon emissions up to 87%. We told you. We absolutely told you. You know what I mean? We told you that it was coming. Every right-wing conspiracy, every single one, every one proves to be true. If it's a right-wing conspiracy, it's proven to be true. Always. Always. Russian hoax. Guess what? The other day. Oh, I don't know. Pedophile. Oh, uh, drag queens coming for your children. Uh-huh. It's unbelievable. Now, we told you that, well, guess what? Guess what? They were coming for your stove. Well, they are. If, if, look, if it gets told to you by somebody on the right side, a conservative, that isn't whacked out. I mean, there's whacked out conservatives. But the truth of the matter is, if, if, if somebody on that side tells you, you can buy it. It's going to happen. Hell, Joe Rogan has been talking about, ladies and gentlemen, the deep state forever, the oligarchy forever. Hell, you know, I mean, Bill Bill O'Reilly has been talking about, oh, they're crazy people, they're nuts. No, well, it always turns out to be true. Isn't that amazing? It's awesome. It is awesome. All right, what's the next one? Leftists being asked to show their Vax card to buy food. Leftists being asked to show their ID card. Right, right. Why do we not? Ladies and gentlemen, why do we not have to show an ID to vote? (laughs) But we got to show an ID to buy smokes. Got to show an ID to buy beer. Voting is like the most essential thing to our democracy. Not voting right or not knowing who you're voting for actually hurts you more than buying a can of beer. It does. Buying a pack of smokes. Now you buy thousands of packs of smokes. It is what it is. But honest to God, it's unbelievable. So anyway, yeah, I mean, I'll never, I will live to be 6,824 years old and I will never understand it. But that's the world that we live in. All right, I got a couple things for you. Hey, look, we have a hell of a YouTube deal today. A hell of a one. I mean, a great one. The YouTube chat, over three, 400 people all day. I told you we're still trying to build it and we need you all back here tomorrow if you don't mind. 